Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Disciple Making. I'm Tim Beadle with my friend, Darren Wright. And today we're going to focus on a topic that's been around for centuries, but a lot of people still struggle with it. It's called evangelism. Darren, uh, yeah. take us away and get us started. Sure. And and we're talking about evangelism in the context of disciple making, because without evangelism, there's no disciple making. You know, Great Commission, Matthew 28, it's implied. You're proclaiming the good news. That's how someone comes to repent and believe and start to follow. And that's really, you know, the core of disciple making. But where, where I want to start with is, and I may have mentioned this passage before, Philemon 6, uh, one of the older NIV translations, I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith. So you have a complete understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. And for me, this is just such a, uh, a seminal verse in my thinking about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple. The idea being, and you can find other, the principle woven through scripture implicitly or explicitly, the idea being that when we're engaged in mission, that's what grows us. <laughs> that one of the best ways we can make disciples is by engaging people in mission, by leading them in mission, because then we are forced to draw on the spirit and immerse in the word and, and just everything else about the Christian life starts to make sense. That's, that's my take anyway. Yeah, it's, it's one thing to have head knowledge, but uh, when you actually have to start articulating and translating it into a relational connection with others who don't know Jesus, all, all of a sudden you realize uh, you can become quite antiquated in your views if you're out of the rhythm of just being in a position to uh, just share your heart and your love. You know, the Bible says, you know, they're in... Uh, First Peter 3, 5, that we're always supposed to be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks us for the hope that's in us. And during these days of pandemic, I think there's a lot of people with a lot of questions. And uh, as Christ followers, we're, we're people of hope. And uh, there will be, I believe, as the pandemic uh, wanes on, uh, a lot of opportunities. And that's why this topic is so relevant. A lot of opportunities. Mm to give an answer, but it has to be a, a timely answer and a tender answer as well. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, personally evangelism is inherently relational evangelism. It's, it's done in the context of relationship, but I would say, you know, back to the higher level issue that evangelism, like I said, is like the bottleneck that, that we're actually not seeing pre COVID. We weren't during COVID. We certainly weren't in a lot of cases, though some, some contexts, some alphas are really doing well we're not seeing a lot of people come to faith and we're going to run out of just people to engage with in disciple making if we don't start reaching some people. And so for me, this is such, such a big, big issue. And I would also add just, you know, to kind of nip uh, an implicit objection in the bud, people actually are interested in spiritual things very much. So they're not, they might be done with different forms of the church or different kinds of Christians, but they're certainly not done with Jesus. Yeah, I know uh, surveys that have been completed find that the people have a lot of questions and uh, perhaps negative thoughts about the organized church. But but everyone, most everyone, uh, 
knows there's a God and has a very positive view of Jesus and his teaching. Sometimes, uh, unfortunately, it's the church that's got in the way and creates this bottleneck, as you say. Uh, so, so can you unpack the, the, the relational aspect of evangelistic um, connection with people? Well, Maybe the sure. approach that you've taken in the past, Darren? Yeah, and you know we're 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 in the heart of it right now with our our new venture we've got going on in a, in our neighborhood, and uh, really it starts with just broad based intercession and paying attention to the people in your lives. You know, there's people on our street we prayed for when we lived here five years ago, and we still see them. <laughs> we moved back and they're still walking down the street. Some of them we never engaged with, but in the last little while, with a change of our perspective and versus being so inward focused in the life of the church. Now we're outward focused. We have gotten to know so many of our neighbors, gotten to know their names, had significant conversations with them, A, from praying for them, and B, just being alert to when they're around. Like there was a, a, a lady working outside of the next fourplex over, and we walked over and said hi and had a chat with her. We've seen her going by all the time for years and prayed for her, but never even knew her name. And now we know her name. We're praying for a couple across the street. Uh, I, one day I looked out and I could see between the houses in the next back alley, this lady was stuck and shoveling her car out by herself. So I jumped in the pickup, drove around and helped pull her out, got to know her name. And just the other day, my wife walked over, saw her work in the yard and, and introduced herself. And now we know this, this couple across the street. And so it's, to me, it's really just about being alert. And then, you know, it's being a friend. And uh, recognizing that some people aren't going to want to engage with you and some are. And that's that whole, I'm sure you've heard the idea of the whole person of peace concept. Have you come across that idea, Tim? Yeah, Luke, Luke 10, there are people there whose lives have been touched and influenced by the Holy Spirit. I think to tenderize their hearts, to be actually receptive to the gospel message. Uh, we, we have to realize that uh, when we go out into the world, God is already out there. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, it, it is like we're sort of uh, uh, cultivating a path and then asking God to join us. In fact, it's opposite. You know, God so loved the world. Not only did he send uh, his son, but he sends us. But God is already in the world in advance of us, waiting for us to see what he's up to and then just joining him in that. So uh, I, I think, you know, I just I really appreciate it as you talked about the relationships you're building with your neighbors. Uh, I found my ping pong table in the garage is is, is a source of uh, uh, a place where I have played with with neighbors before, and I think this summer might might, might also be a, just a very down to earth practical thing. I, I, I think people just need to see us as real people, not perfect people, and well, sometimes yeah. that's that's the challenge. So we think we have to have all the answers and have to have every every uh, problem of the world solved before we can even. Uh, exercise our faith, but that's totally wrong. Oh, absolutely. And, and people, we just need to learn not to be weird, learn how to be a good friend. You know, there's an old stat and I know it's an old stat, uh, you know, that after two years, a new believer has no non-Christian friends. You know, I, I think that's changed in some measure, but uh, sometimes it's changed because we've lost our saltiness too. But there, to recognize that God's at work and, and I, I'm actually sharing with our group tonight saying, you know, there's people that might come into your life who resonate with you and you know you're called to share Christ with them, somebody else may have been praying for them for years. Right. God's already working their lives. And we just need to be alert to what God's doing and follow his lead in this. Because like, there's a fella lives in our complex here. He w didn't live here last time we were here, brand new to us. 
And immediately there's a resonance and he comes over and talks to us. And I'll sometimes be outside talking to him for 20, 30 minutes and he loves to talk and he knows who we are. He knows what we're about. You know, that a lot of, you know, sometimes people find out what you're really about, that you're all about following Jesus and and inviting others to join you. Uh, They can start to shy off, but that's not the case here. And so just want to, you know, want to be a friend to him and, and be alert. We had a very interesting situation the other day. Actually, my wife prays for open. She was praying specifically for an open door with this one fellow. There's three other units in our fourplex here, single guys in each one. And the one fellow has just been kind of hard to connect with. And Christian pray, <laughs> prayed, this is kind of funny, for an open door with him. Yeah. Well, one day I look out and his car is sitting there and the door is wide open. It's just sitting there for an hour. And he's come home from work and gone to, up into his place. And he's a pretty big guy and not really healthy. And I was concerned for him. I thought, I know he's kind of private, but I went over and rang on his doorbell and said, you know, he came down and said, hey, buddy. I noticed your car door is open and I was just wondering if everything's okay and everything else. And he you know, kind of laughed and swore and walked outside in his socks and kicked his door shut, but then came back and stood at the door with me and visited the most significant visit we've had. Yeah. Uh, just, just from being alert to what's going on and just kind of a funny answer to prayer for an open door that it was an actual physical open door, but it's just little things like that and cultivating relationship and being available to help and being available, uh, you know, to, to engage as people are willing. Like you said, God's already at work. It's really not that hard. But for me, when I, when I teach on this, I say without over-exaggerating half the battle in personal evangelism is intercession. Yeah. Praying for people. And I, I always encourage people to pray according to Acts 26, 18, which is where uh, the apostle Paul is explaining to Agrippa his call as Jesus gave it to him. He said, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light from the power of Satan to God, that they'd receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And I say, take that call and turn it into a prayer. That's why I pray for people. That's why I pray for the people walking by our house. Every time I say, would their eyes be open? They turn from darkness to light. And I pray that verse over them. And that's how we pray. And it's a verse, it's a prayer that God loves to answer. Yeah, I know I've uh, quoted this verse before, you know, from 1 Corinthians 5, 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Hmm. And I think that's reality because that's how God views of people. Either they're part of his family or they aren't. And sometimes uh, so many different characteristics or dynamics come and skew our view of people, ethnicity, you know, social, socioeconomic standing and things like that. But um, we have to learn to look at people through the eyes of Jesus. Um just a couple hours ago, you know, I, I've been prompted uh, in the last couple hours because I, I went to pick up the mail. And just for, you know, the, the mailbox is across the street, just four houses down from us. And there's an ambulance outside this house. Mm. And I saw uh, a person being lifted into the ambulance. And it wasn't an adult. It looked like a child. Mm. And my heart was immediately grieved. And and also the fact that, you know, I've lived in my house for 15 years and I don't know these people's names. I, I, you know, we wave as we go and pick up the mail. But uh, today I, I'm just going to leave a little note on my way mm. home and simply say, saw an ambulance outside your door. Uh, we're going to be praying for you. You know, Tim and Heather, I feel free to call us if there's anything else we can do. But yeah. uh, be assured that we're going to be praying for you. And, you know, what they do with us, um, 
that's not my responsibility, but it is my responsibility when there is a need and a prompt by the Holy Spirit to, to act upon that for sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. And just be, again, being alert to that and prompting what we did here uh, on Christmas, you know, these three single guys, they were all home by themselves through Christmas. There was nobody, there was no company. They went nowhere. Just the nature of the year. So Christmas morning, we hung a little goodie bag on each of their doorknobs early Christmas morning, just with a note saying, Hey, Merry Christmas, Darren and Kristen unit number two. And, uh, one of the fellows, we get a boxing day morning and there's a envelope on our door taped on there with a Tim, Tim Hortons gift card and, you know, thanking us for the gift basket includes some shortbread, which he loves. And just, and that really broke the ice. And that's the fellow who's really clicking with us. And it was so easy. And just, you know, just being thoughtful and being encouraging and being, you know, just being aware of people, you know, and alert to them. Yeah. You know, know. the uh, parable of the sower is so central in evangelism. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have to make sure that, that we are consistent in just basically sowing seeds. You know, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about one plants and one waters. And you had mentioned maybe uh, you're sort of watering something that someone else has been praying about for the last 20 years. But, you know, when when you look into uh, Scripture in Matthew and Mark and Luke, uh, you know, there's this story about sort of the, the word that is scattered and we're responsible for scattering now the condition of the ground it it falls on that that's another that's another mm-hmm. but but we have to be mindful uh of making sure we present a consistent word that uh doesn't confuse people about who God is and what our lives are all about mm-hmm. uh, in Matthew 7 when it talks about the wise and foolish builders uh both uh, people in that parable are building houses and they might have been identical the the only time we see a difference in the construction reliability is when a storm hits. Right. And let me tell you, right, right now, uh, the world is in uh, a storm like they've never seen before. This COVID pandemic and the foundation of people's lives are literally crumbling under them. Mm. And so when they see something different in people like you and my, uh, me, who has a, a firm foundation of faith in, in Jesus, it causes them to ask questions and, and that's what we're responsible to, to be ready to give an answer when they do. Oh, oh yeah. But, but I would add to that, Tim, the only way they can see that is if we're actually in relationship with them. You know, they're not going to see it by driving by our house or us by driving by them. Like they're only going to see it in the context of relationship. And, and that just really challenges me. You know, if you've been in vocational ministry, you know how easy it is to be completely surrounded all your relationships, church relationships, Okay. And it just takes extra time and energy to get out. And, and it really, it has to be intentional. It has to start with exactly where we're at. But, you know, this is not intended to be an evangelism training podcast, no. but, but I, I bring it back to the idea of disciple making. You know, I think as a disciple maker, A, as a disciple, I need to be joining Jesus on his mission. Sure. But as a disciple maker, it kind of keeps me honest, you know, in a sense that if I'm going to be involved in making disciples. Part of that is getting other people to engage on mission. And if we're going to do that, I better be modeling it. You know, I, right. I better be, mo- I better be on mission <laughs> if I'm calling people to join Jesus on mission. And so f- I find for me personally, and for those I work with that engaging on mission, very specifically personal evangelism seems to set everything else up in that disciple making journey very, very well, because it calls for dependence on the spirit, a knowledge of the word, intercession, 
being in relationship with other believers, it just calls us uh, to, you know, to holy conduct. It, everything else kind of lines up for me when I'm on mission. And that's why I think it's such an important part of disciple making. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. It seems like our, our lives are so busy and, and now we're sort of all locked down in our houses and we're not even supposed to be connecting with people, but that's no excuse for not just, just praying for our neighbors, even if we don't know their names yet, that God will open the door and give us opportunities. Uh, that's will come to fruition uh, because it's his will to draw people to himself. And if we're the ones who live in that neighborhood, uh, we're there for a specific re- reason and a strategic purpose. Oh, yeah. And uh, do, do you feel that most people aren't comfortable when you say the word evangelism, something tightens within them, Darren? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny because I've done uh, several evangelism trainings in this last while here. And um, people join the training with fear and trepidation, much less even doing evangelism. But, you know, we, we disarm that pretty quick because the first assignment, whether in our, our small group or even the training, the very first assignment is, go encourage someone, just, just encourage someone, encourage someone at the tail, encourage someone, you know, that you work with, just intentionally encourage them. And the next level is then send a note of encouragement or appreciation. And that just starts the domino going and they realize, Hey, it's just about being an agent of the love, joy, and peace that, that the spirit has put in me. And so, you know, it really, uh, and there's some equipping that needs to happen. But like I say, we spend so much time thinking we need to have all the answers, a perfect gospel presentation, when the challenge is we actually don't have anybody to share the gospel with because we're not in relationship. Once we're in relationship, if there's someone we know and love, we'll figure that other stuff out. It's about yeah. being in relationship with people. And and uh, I know we're, we, we're getting towards the end here, Tim, but you mentioned before we started our call, this poem you'd come across, which... Yeah. I, somebody gave this to me back in the nineties and you just mentioned as well. And why don't you explain a bit yeah. about it and give it a read for us? Yeah. It's a couple of decades old, but, but the actual um, uh, message within it is moving. I, I just used this with, with, with my initial engagement team uh, a couple months ago. It's called, I stand by the door. It's by Sam Shoemaker. And he talks about what happens uh, to people when they sort of get involved in church over the years and they lose their passion uh, for reaching out to those or even being in a position mm. to connect with those who are outside, as it were. So, so when we talk about the church today, a lot of us aren't meeting in churches just because of COVID. Uh, but but I, I would, I would uh, as I read through this um, uh, poem to conclude uh, this podcast, uh, you can ex- you can exchange the concept of church for your own little private bubble that you live in, or even just for your life experience. But this is what Sam said. He said, I admire people who go way in, but I wish they would not forget how it was before they got in. Then they would be able to help the people who have not yet even found the door or the people who want to run away again from God. You see, you can go in too deeply and stay in too long and forget about the people outside the door. But as for me, I shall take my old accustomed place near enough to God to hear him and know that he is there, but not so far from men as to not hear them. And remember, they are there too. Where? Well, outside the door, thousands of them, millions of them, but more important for me, one of them, two of them, 10 of them, whose hands I am intended to put on the latch of the door. 
So I will take my old uh, accustomed place. I'll stand by the door and wait for those who seek it. Says the Bible says I'd rather be a doorkeeper. So I stand near the door. Hmm. Amen. It's just really moving words, isn't it? Oh, great word. I just, you know, just remembering what it was like before we found the door. That's a, that's a great line. And that's really what this episode has been about. Just a reminder that a big part of disciple making is evangelism. And if we're disciple makers, it's got to be a part of our lives. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So this brings yeah, to an end this uh, edition of Disciple Making. Uh, my friend Darren Wright, I'm Tim Beadle. Please join us again. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or ChristFollowerDNA.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.